President Biden delivered his State of the Union address last night. It was lively, with both cheering and jeering from a cast of vocal Congress members. Listen to how House Republicans responded when Biden critiqued his predecessor, Donald Trump. Nearly 25% of the entire national debt that took over 200 years to accumulate was added by just one administration alone, the last one. They're the facts. Check it out. Then, his comments on police reform in the presence of Tyree Nichols' mother and father. When police officers or police departments violate the public trust, they must be held accountable. With the support. And Biden's suggestion that some Republicans would like to cut our most popular federal programs. Something fact-checkers say is a stretch. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Certainly, we saw a lot of chaos and division during the speaker vote. But those 20 or so individuals, while they were able to throw a a wrench in the cog of democracy, they will not be successful long term. Today, we're talking with Representative Hillary Skolton about her thoughts on the State of the Union and why she's optimistic about getting key legislation passed in the coming months. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. Despite the viral moments of the president going head-to-head with Republican representatives, it wasn't all adversarial. One of the most visually apparent displays of bipartisanship came from Skolton, a Democrat, and Republican Representative John James. The two represent Michigan's 3rd and 10th districts, respectively. I literally crossed uh, over into the aisle and, and sat on the Republican side. Representative Skolton says that crossing the aisle to sit with Representative James was a mutual decision. John and I are not only uh, neighbors in Michigan, but we are neighbors in our house office buildings in Longworth. Our offices are literally right next door to each other. And we have just committed to a spirit of bipartisanship throughout this Congress. We both campaigned on it and wanted to demonstrate to the, the people of Michigan that We are committed to it in a very visual way. So showing up at the State of the Union together uh, gave us a great opportunity to to show unity and that there truly is uh, so much more that unites us than divides us. There were moments when Republican members were shouting back at the president. Did any of that, what, what did it feel like to be sitting amidst that? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was certainly intimidating and and not so much uh, the spirit of positivity and and bipartisanship that, that John and I were hoping to show. But one thing I've talked a lot about since since coming to Congress is that you know, there's a lot of shouts and tumultuous times that dominate the the news feeds and the media stream. But below the surface, there are a lot of good-natured, hardworking people on both sides of the aisle that are ready to cut past the noise. And I joke uh, a lot about how I'm I'm bringing boring back to Congress. That's been one of my uh, top goals. Um, And so, you know, you won't find drama in the back seat uh, by Mr. James and I, um, but we you know, we are talking about things like uh, water infrastructure and uh, transportation and getting to work uh, for Michiganders. Have any of these conversations led to something that might come out as legislation in the months to come? 
I, I'm hopeful. We are, John and I both serve on the Transportation Infrastructure Committee together and on the Water Subcommittee. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, passing the Clean Water Act again uh, this term in Congress. I know it's something John and I are, are both passionate about and are already having conversations on. Um, we've also started talking about a bipartisan immigration reform solution. I know he understands just how important this is, not only as a, a humanitarian issue, a national security issue, but also an economic issue. And I think there's a, a lot of reasons to be hopeful that we'll be able to move something forward. What did you make of the president's talking points for the speech? Restore the economy, protect Medicare and Social Security, and pass bills to help working class Americans? It was absolutely on point. I, I loved the positive spirit of the president's message. I thought he was you know, he was targeted in uh, the, the points that he needed to address. I also felt that, you know, even in this this spirit of positivity and optimism, uh, you know, don't get me wrong in this point, I am a, a relentless optimist by nature, but, you know, I felt like he glossed over a little bit of the struggles that American families, particularly families in, in my district in West Michigan, are continuing to face. You know, it's still a struggle for families to put food on the table. Uh, the two years of the pandemic wreaked havoc on working families and, and young people in particular. Learning loss in the K through 12 age, uh, in, in adolescents and young adults, uh, a mental health and, and a drug addiction crisis. Uh, you know, these are real and, and pressing issues. And not all American families are feeling that optimism right now. But that's just double the reason why, April, it was so important for me to demonstrate my commitment to real solutions and, and not hyperpartisan bickering, uh, you know, and, and tense talking points. There is a lot going on in the world right now. Were you surprised that the message President Biden delivered was largely focused on domestic affairs and a little bit less so on foreign policy? You know, not necessarily. I, you know, I, I do think for, for the reasons I mentioned, you know, so much of the work that we have to do uh, here in the United States is obviously a, a domestic concern. And also, I'm a big believer in that the United States can't begin to preach democracy around the world until we get our affairs in order back home. That means lowering costs for everyday Americans. It means shoring up voting rights protections. And, you know, it also means making sure that we have equity in the administration of the rule of law. I was very glad to see he addressed uh, some of the egregious patterns of abuses of power that we've been seeing uh, in the police force over the last few years. Uh, bringing Tyree Nichols' mom uh, to the event last night was not only symbolic, I think all of us in the chamber felt it as a strong mandate to take action. We need to take a short break. When we come back... I took the time I had with the president uh, to talk to him about the type of investments that I thought we needed uh, in, in West Michigan. And he listened. More in a minute. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from the University of Michigan's Go Blue Guarantee, 
committed to keeping a U of M undergraduate education within reach of all Michigan residents, regardless of socioeconomic status. Programs are available for all three campuses. More at goblueguarantee.umich.edu. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. A lot of people expect that Joe Biden will announce candidacy for a second term soon. I have to say this speech certainly seemed designed to, in part, to make the case, you know, with language like finish the job. Do you think that Joe Biden is the right person for the party's 2024 nomination? You know, I think the president is is obviously very capable of making that decision uh, for himself, whether whether or not he will run whether he does or he doesn't, from my perspective, I, I certainly don't think it will be for a lack of accomplishments in his first term. I'm always surprised to read the the reports that say the American people, you know, don't think the president has done anything or enough. Um, and and don't get me wrong, I've I've marked the the first part of the show talking predominantly about how you know I, American families are struggling and and we haven't done enough. But this president, compared with past presidents, has had a breakneck speed in passing bipartisan legislation, in uh, enacting an efficient government at all levels by uh, getting judges confirmed and and making sure that we have a, a functioning judiciary. You know, everything from the bipartisan infrastructure bill to a once in a generation gun safety law, the the CHIPS Act. You know, the president is, is taking action to address issues that that matter to the American people, it certainly is going to take time to feel uh, the effects of implementation of those bills. Uh, and, and no wonder, you know, the, the American people down, uh, you know, in, in the everyday are not feeling that yet. But that's why we as Congress uh, need to get to work in implementing these bills as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Folks who were following the speech on TV might have noticed that as, as the president was was getting ready to leave the chamber, he spent a fair chunk of time, maybe a minute or two, stopping to talk to you. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of a lot for how the president's time is is in demand. Do you mind sharing what you two talked about? Oh, I, I don't at all, actually. Uh, you know, I, I talked to him about the importance of Michigan, actually, um, and, and West Michigan. I, I talked as, you know, I, I'm now a member of the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, and we're going to be working on implementing a lot of those critical infrastructure dollars. So I took the time I had with the president uh, to talk to him about the type of investments that I thought we needed uh, in in West Michigan. And he listened and I invited him to come and and visit uh, our beautiful part of the state to see exactly what needed to be done. Um, and I also took the opportunity, uh, my boys, James and Wesley had asked me to get a, a, a selfie with the president. So some people might have noticed uh, me taking a selfie with the president for my kids. Uh, you know, this is a it's a, it's a tough job. The kids are getting used to mom being away. So there's some fun, some fun perks uh, of getting to, you know, take a, a selfie with the president of the United States. And 
one of the things this president just does so well is relate to people. And, you know, he immediately saw me as a, a hardworking mom serving her country, uh, being away from home. Uh, and he asked the boys' names and he asked for an opportunity to call them later and, and talk to them about the importance of service. So that was a really sweet moment. The optics of the moment, the optics of the moment of last night aside, we're in a moment in U.S. government of uh, divided leadership in the House and the Senate, and we're two years out from another presidential race. Do you think it's realistic to think that any meaningful legislation are, are going to pass in this, your first term? There is there is hope here if you're willing to to look for it and also work towards it yourself. You know, on the Democratic side, we were able to hold uh, Republicans to a very, very narrow majority, just six seats. Um, and I have already found so many individuals that are are willing to get to work on the issues that matter. It's still early in this Congress. And, you know, certainly the, the bills that we have seen out of the leadership to date are not what the American people want. In fact, they're the exact opposite. It's been nothing but messaging bills that are at odds with the vast majority of the American people want. I talk to Republicans on the other side who are taking note of that, and they understand that it's time for them to take charge and, and to do some things. And so while we may not be able to accomplish everything we want, I am optimistic that with a new committed class, we will be able to to deliver on certain things. And again, you know, immigration reform is something that I am personally committed to working on. Implementing the Infrastructure and Jobs Act, you know, these are things where you know we find a lot of bipartisanship. Um, people who are just really ready to get down to work uh, and serve the American people. And that's the Stateside Podcast. I'm April Baer. You can find full Stateside episodes to listen to anytime via stream at michiganradio.org. Today's pod was produced by Ronia Kabansak. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our podcast editor is Rachel Ishikawa. Our executive producer is Laura Weber Davis. Music for today's podcast comes from Blue Dot Sessions. Thanks for checking in with us today. See you next time.